Welcome back, everybody, to uh, week five of the Preacher Talk podcast. Uh, we're excited about tonight. We're excited about been doing through this podcast, and uh, we want to start tonight off by prayer. So I'd invite you to pray with us and uh, pray for us and pray for the speaker tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for another day of life. God, we thank you for another opportunity, God, where we get to just live and serve you. It's where we get to gather around uh, your man and in your word, Father, and, you know, just learn something from you and glean something off of uh, this bed. Better enough to get with us tonight. God, I pray that you would guide us. And God, I pray that you direct us in a way that only you can. Lord, we'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Because God, you're the only that's worthy of it. Lord, we love you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Joe. Well, I got to tell you, this the, the first four more weeks, I'm sorry. First four weeks have been uh, tremendous. We've really enjoyed them. But uh, I'm kind of biased when I say this, that this week is probably my favorite week. Uh, it's it's an honor and it's a privilege to have my, my dad tonight. He is a uh, he's a professor at uh, Victory Baptist College, college that I attend, and uh, pastored for seven and a half years in Chattanooga. But I'm gonna let him introduce himself and uh, kind of give us a challenge real quick. So, Dad, you go ahead. Well, guys, I just want to say first of all, I, I'm honored and privileged to be on this with you guys. I I've watched all four weeks. You guys are doing phenomenal. I, I pray for y'all every day. I know I don't know many of y'all. I don't know your history or anything like that. But I'm telling you what, every episode has been spot on. And the preachers that you've had, of course, first preacher that you had is one of my favorites, but Steve Hurt. Uh, I grew up under him and Dr. Larry Brown. And of course, they're both both of my my heroes in my life. And I think it was Joe, was your pastor that was on the following week and man i'll tell you what that was just a tremendous episode that he gave and of course the fireball cody's on i i love him to death and uh but i'm just privileged i, I was telling brandon you know i i don't know um there's probably other people more uh, uh more worthy uh to probably be on the these uh this preacher talk episode but i'm thankful for that just to kind of give you an idea of who i am and what i'm all about i <clears throat> um I was raised in a Christian home since I was the age of five. Um, I believe a lot of that had to do with you know, salvation. Uh, I believe if my dad never got saved and never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, I probably would have never known what Christ was all about. Uh, but a family member played a vital role in my dad getting saved. And because of him getting saved, uh, you know, I, I've known church uh, since I was five years of age. And, and I tell you, I, I think God really started dealing with me and dealing with my heart um, when I was 12. Uh, my dad's my dad was military. He was Army. I'm an Army brat. And so we traveled around a lot. Uh, we got involved in a church in Holland. And uh, my dad was a preacher and a deacon in that church. And, uh, you know, they always had these, want to do these youth services. You know, he's like, well, we need to have a youth service. And the pastor of the church at that time, Brother Carson, who's a good friend of ours, and hopefully he'll see this, but um, they had a youth service. And, of course, that first that first uh, question was, preach the youth service. Of course, everybody was like, well, let's, let's just ask Brian to do it. it. His dad's a preacher. 
And uh, I was 12 years old then, and I preached that service and believe I preached on heaven and hell, not knowing that God would start dealing with my heart. And uh, for six years, I ran from God. I knew what God wanted me to do, but for six years, I ran from God. I didn't want anything to do with church. I didn't want anything to do with, you know, Christianity. My whole philosophy, my whole thinking was, is when I turned 18, I'm, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to do my own thing and, and kind of go a different route. But God had a different plan. God had a different idea, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, I tell you, if it hadn't been for my parents landing at Victory Baptist Church, and, uh, there's no telling where. I'd probably thankful for what God did. So six years I ran from God. Six years I wish I didn't run from God. And I was a senior in high school when God finally got a hold of my heart, got a hold of my life, and, and saved me January 13. In that same year, God called me uh, to full-time ministry and called me into ministry to preach. And, and I've been serving God ever since. I, that's all I've known. That's all I've trusted. That's all I believed in. And so. Um, it, I believe in this statement right here, which I, I learned from a pastor, and, and that statement is this, it pays to serve God. You can try to do anything else in this world, but I'm here to tell you, it's not going to give you blessings as it is serving God, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to do that, but I want to challenge you guys tonight is what I want to do. I, you know, I, I've heard every, every, uh, preacher that's come here and, and uh, and me being who I am and where I come from, the background that I come from, I want to try to do the best I can to challenge you guys tonight. And um, I'm going to give you something tonight. It's, I don't have any points. I don't have alliterated yet. So if y'all do put a sermon together, all I ask is you just send it to me. Uh, that way I can preach it. Amen. <laughs> but if you have your Bible, chapter number three, Colossians chapter number three, and I'm going to give you a quick challenge. I'll try to encourage you tonight, and and try to give you give you some insight of where I'm coming from. And um, I tried to instill this in both my boys. Uh, I've tried to instill this uh, in their life, just because of what's what I've learned through my life and uh, being called to preach and being in the ministry. But in Colossians chapter three and verse number one, we know. It says, if ye think those things which are what, fellas? Uh, above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on the things above. Not on the things on the earth, but the things above. What, doing, what God is creating, what God is developing for you and I right now. But the, verse 3, it says, for ye are dead. Uh, underline that word dead. Underline it and understand what that means dead for ye are dead and your life is hid with who christ, christ. and as it's been on my mind I, I drive a truck during the day and uh you, you think about things but verse four is where i want to come from in colossians chapter three and verse four it says when christ but what's those next four words who is our life I want you guys to meditate is our life shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. 
Verse 4 comes right out. Verse 4 says, Paul is saying, Christ is your life, or Christ is our life. Um, he should be our soul. He should be our breath. He should be our ambition. He should be uh, our desire. He shouldn't. Uh, uh, he should be our reason for being. Why we're doing what we're doing. But our destiny is not in a church. Our destiny is not in the, uh, 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 help me, Lord. Our destiny is not in how many people you guys may touch along the way. Our destiny tonight is in Jesus Christ. That's our destiny. That's the evening. And who, who are we? Or what are we to do? And what we're about is all connected to one thing and one thing only, and that is Jesus Christ. Everything we do from this point on, for you and I tonight, as an individual believer, Jesus is our life. He should be our life. He should be the only thing. When Christ died, he, he died for me. And we have been raised with him. But not only that, but here's what I like. And the fact is that one day, soon and very soon, we're going to reign with him as well. We're going to be joined together with him. But honestly, let me ask you a question tonight. And I want you to think on this. Christ is our life. When you think on those four words, do we live as if he is our being tonight? Do we live as if he will full reign of who we are? There's oftentimes living in a day and age where we're fighting no more than what we're going through right now. Where there is a disconnect between a person and God. Are y'all with me tonight? There's a disconnect of some being. And I, 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 but yet, these that we're to set our minds not on the things that are around us. It's real easy to find ourselves set on what's happening around us and corona what are we going to do how are we going to make it how are we going to survive uh, oh no we've shut the doors of our church what 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 are we going to do next but i'm here to tell you tonight that we're going to survive it's not the surroundings that we're going to survive we already are winners tonight because jesus christ is sitting on the right hand of the know that trust that believe that and be encouraged in that but yet we're told that we're to set our hearts on things above. We're to set our affections, our thoughts should reflect our relationship with Christ. I'm here to tell you guys, and I want to encourage you right now. Develop relationship with Christ. Develop a relationship. I wish I could get six years back of my life. When God started dealing with me at age 12, I wish I should have, I gave in then. But I wait. But it's not that God couldn't use me. It's just imagine I sometimes wonder where would I be today if I surrendered at 12. But I'm thankful that I got in when I got in. I'm thankful that he's using me when he's used me. But I want you to notice something. I find it interesting that in those four verses, Christ is mentioned four times. You go back and look at it. Christ is mentioned four times. Four times in those verses. So clearly. 
we see that somewhere that Christ has developed a should have developed a ranking in our life. Where is, you know, I, one of the questions that, that come to my mind, and I, I think it was from a movie that we saw the other night, but the question was, who are you? The guy responded. He said, well, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach. He said, okay, you, will you take that away? Who are you? He said, well, I'm a father. I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a leader of my home. He said, okay, you take that away. What are you? He said, well, I, 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 I'm a Christian. And he stopped him right there and he said, that should have been the first response to the answer, not the latter part of the answer. And so where are we in our life when our relationship, as you guys read, get you some books, develop, find you some authors that you like. I've got some authors that I like. I, I don't want, I'll name them. But there's going to be some people that don't agree with the authors that I read, and that's fine. I've learned along life, along my life is you can uh, eat the chicken and throw and keep the bone, if you know what I'm saying. But C.S. Lewis, he wrote this. He said this in, in the book, Mere Christianity. He said, if you read history, who did the most for the present world were those who thought most of the next. In a sense, Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so. In We're living in a generation where we should be more thoughtful of Christ today than yesterday and the impact that we can have. So the question is not this. The question is not this. Is Jesus my whole life? Which he should. Should be, but even so, as Christians, Jesus is, is Jesus my whole life. I think that's the question we have to ask ourselves: Is Jesus my whole life? And it's a good question. Why? Because the answer is already yes. Because Paul said, "Christ is our life." Life, if we're not going after what Christ wants us to see. So, the issue is this. Does your life line up? Truth? Is your lifestyle reflective of the reality of Jesus coming one day? And let me just say this, fellas. I believe he's coming. I, I believe even tonight, before we even lay our head on the pillows, and if, that's, if that happens, Brother Brown always said, and I loved his statement, he said, don't threaten me with heaven. Hmm. Because that's the best thing can ever happen to us. But until that we to live our lives, I think Christ ought to be the full part of our life. And we ought to give everything to him. And, you know, in verse 4, what Paul is trying to explain to us is this, that Christ gives us the power to live for him now. Not when we get to heaven. Not, not, not. Christ gives us the power to live for him now. And we have to apply that to our lives. And fellas, I want to encourage you, you know, if you if, if one of y'all put a sermon together on this, please send it to me. I want to preach it bad. I'm working on it. I'm I'm trying to develop it. But but here's the thing: in order for Christ, in order for Christ to be full in our lives, 
we have to be seeking after the right thing. Are you with me? And when you seek after the right thing, Christ is going to fulfill in your life. And so, guys, I want to, that's just a challenge I have for you tonight. I, you know, I, I'm not much. I, I, I'm thankful for the calling that God has placed on my life. I'm thankful for what God has done. Life. And know this, I would not be here today. And I would not be sitting in this chair right now if it had not been for God coming into my father. That there's, I have a lot of heroes in my life. But one of them is my father and my dad because of what God did in his life and how God turned his life around in our family. And so it's just an honor. It's a privilege, fellas, to be here with you today. And I'm thankful to be a part of it. And I want to encourage don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. But more than anything, seek after Christ. Allow Amen. Christ to be full Amen. in your life. And when Christ is full in your life, it's going to be seen and it's going to be evident. And though you're not going to have to question, hey, does that boy really mean business? No, no they're going to fire for God. Yeah. He knows what God is about. He knows what God is. Amen, preacher. You know, I don't know if many of y'all know who uh, Steve Robertson was. He's a great man. You know, I, 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 I try not to throw names out, but I, I think of his, what he did for God and how he went about God. But he had to say, he said, you know, when I die and I'm in a casket, he said, there's only two things that I want in my casket. He said, number one, I want the Bible, open up my favorite verse. And he said, the next one I want is a sign that says, shut up and keep moving. Because <laughs> here's the thing. What are people going to say about us? Not just now, but what are people That's going right. to say about us later on down the road? Amen, preacher. And if there's anything that I won't say about me is this, is that man, Christ was full in his life. Christ was all what it meant to serve God. He knew what it meant to get a hold of God. He knew what it meant to, to hold true to the only one true book that we should hold true to, and that is the Word of God, King James. Version. Amen. For what God has done for me and my family, and I would not be if it had not been for God. Try. And so, thank you, fellas, for letting me be a part of this tonight. And it's just truly been an encouragement. And you know, I I think some of y'all have some questions, and so I'll do the best I can to answer. Uh, like I said, you've had some great guys ahead of me that probably. You know, are probably better answering questions than I am, but I'll do my best. And uh, so, uh, Drew, man, uh, you got a question tonight? Yeah. What was your biggest uh, struggle or, or thing to get over when you first became a pastor? Like first stepping into that full, that first full ministry role, going from just normal life to now you're in a ministry life. And when you become a pastor, I know people say you place different things. So, what was the biggest challenge for you starting that? It's a lot to do with where you go, what church you go to as an individual. Um, I know that, you know, like for me, in a sense, I took on a church that had been in existence for almost 90 years. So I think the one that I struggled with more than anything was change. Change. Um, you, you, you know, you, you sometimes hear these cliches, well, that's, that's just the way we've always done it. Well. Good night. I, I don't want to be stuck in 1985, if you know what I'm saying. I I don't think God intends for us to be I, 
can you imagine where churches would be today if they were just stuck in wants his churches to be stuck in a rut so i would say probably change uh was the hardest battle for me keep in mind i, I was i was uh in full-time ministry uh long before i became a pastor i i I was an assistant pastor under a great man, Dr. Rodney Agin. I was under him for nine and a half years. And so I learned a lot from him and, and what to expect and what you know, do things. So, and, and every pastor knows this, but I think one of the things, and I think many pastors probably say this, is just change, trying to change things, trying, uh, trying to get out of the rut, trying to get out of the rut. Um, Alex, did you have a question? Joe's going to ask this question later, but it kind of piggybacks off of his question. Um, like how much time prepare for three sermons a week? How much time went into prayer and preparation for those three sermons a week? 24 hours a day. Honest to goodness, here, here it is, guys. And, and, and I'm serious about this. You guys need to start praying now. I'm thankful for my wife. And there's a lot of times I bounce things off of her. You know, you hear a lot of times preachers say, well, your wife must have wrote that sermon. There were times when my wife actually gave me a sermon uh, because I, I she's, she's my flesh. She's part of me. And so I go to her and I say, what do you think about this? But but to answer your question, I think the best way I can say is, is you know, I tried to, my schedule as a pastor, I tried to develop my mornings as my prayer and study time. And then the afternoon, I would give to the church. I'd give to visiting. I try to make to other people, but I tried to give that 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 morning time, fellas. I don't know if I can stress this enough, but go ahead, start now. Find you a place. Get into a place where you can go, and that there's no distraction. Take your phones and put them under your bed or whatever. But there's no distraction when you go into that place. It's just you, God, the Bible, and prayer, and mm -hmm. ask God, God, I. Needs there's 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 nothing new under the sun when it comes to the word of God. There's nothing new, but there's always a nugget that you'll find along the way if you read and study long enough. And so I everybody's different, Alex. I think every preacher is probably different. Um but mine was I would as soon as I got up in the mornings, a lot of times I'd have to take my boys to school or whatever, but I went straight to the church time and prayer, study. And then that afternoon, I freed myself up to do church things or whatever. So, Micah, do you have a question? Micah's not on. Micah did have a question, and I'll ask it for Okay. Um, Micah wanted to know, with your dad being in ministry, did that play a role in you being in ministry as well? No, I don't, I don't think so. I Bible called before my dad. And I was already going on a, on a different path, I would think, than my dad was. And so I don't think he – don't get me wrong. I, I mean, some of the best times was watching my dad preach. I enjoyed watching my dad preach in Belgium and uh, Holland and places like that. But I think God had a different direction for me. And I started out as a youth pastor, and I, I went into youth. And uh, – God was taking me in. I, I, I like the fact that, you know, 
if I needed something, I knew who I could call and he'd help me with it. Now it's my dad. And so that's, that, that's, um, Joe, did you have one? Yes, sir. I do. But, um, this, this might be an encouragement to you, uh, preacher. Uh, when I'd say it was probably the third week I met my pastor and, um, he said, brother, cause I was asking him if he could give me some advice as a young preacher. And he said, brother Joe, this is the only advice that I really can give you and some strong on it. He said, at the end of your life, when people walk by your casket, they shouldn't say that your life was preaching or your life was ministry, but your life was Christ. And, uh, it, while it's, you know, challenge us, challenging us with that tonight, that's all that was going through my head. And, you know, it's God sending me another reminder that, you know, my life shouldn't be about preaching, even though I love doing it. It shouldn't be about ministry, even though, you know, I love being involved in ministry. But my life should be about Christ. So I do want to say thank you for that, preacher. But um, I ask you this. I know you, and this isn't the question that I prepared to ask you, but um, I do have, I do want to ask you this. You said that you read after people that, you know, you probably, people will probably on and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you, you chew the meat and spit the bones out. But if you had to recommend three people to read behind, uh, three authors that you like read, my first one's going to say Max Lucado. I have all his. I have all his books. If I don't have one of his books, it's because I just. I probably just didn't get it, but I do Max Lucado. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, Jerry Vines. He's got some books out there that I like reading after, and then you know, of course, uh, C.S. Lewis. You can't go wrong with him, and so. Uh, but there's there's other ones in there. I've, I've got some books from by some some great great preachers. Uh, John R. Rice. I've got some books by him that I read after. And then there's a book on um, uh, by um, when he was pastor at Highland Park. Uh, how did we get How did we get this far? I think yeah. that's the title of it. But it talks about how Highland Park got started. How did it? How did it go from just a piece of lot to where it is? And he built all of it on faith. It's my faith. The faith that I had in God, the faith that I had in him and how he brought me. So, you know, those are just some that I that I glean from and uh, read after. I got you. So um, this is my question. You And you mentioned it when you were challenging us. Um, what? Because, you know, all, you know, my path, you know, brother Joe, you want to get some good illustrations for your preaching, read books. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I've never really been a book, big book reader, you know. So my question, I, I'm going to piggyback off what I just asked you. Would you say, how would you say it's benefited you most in preaching? Would you say that reading has benefited your illustrations the most or just, you know, knowledge as a whole, or what would you say? I think experience. I, I'm like you. I, I When I read a book, I just can't read one book. And Brandon would probably testify this when he'd go to my office. I'd probably have three or four books on my desk that I'd be reading at the same time. You say, that's impossible. How do you do that? Well, it's easy. 
You just read one chapter out of one book and, and read a chapter <laughs> out of another book. It's, yeah. it's, it's not hard to do. Uh, but I just couldn't really sit down and read through one book. I had to glean from different books. So, um, you know, I think it's a lot of it's reading, a lot of it's experience, um, a lot of it's, you know, uh, having a mentor in your life. I, I, I think highly of, and I don't mean to name drop, but uh, Johnny Nix is a great mentor to me, and I, I call him, and he calls me, and uh, he's been a, a big help. Even my pastor, you know, Brother Rodney Agin, I mean, he, he, he's been a big help to me too. But I think, um, I don't know if I answered your question, Drew, but I think it's just through experience and, and just, you know, and, yes, and, and I think sitting under the right preaching. I mean, some great, some great illustrations. I, some great illustrations I've got is from just sitting under some good preaching. Some good yeah. Bible preaching. Anyone else? I, I don't remember who else. Right, John, go ahead. I, I I live with him, and he was my pastor, so I, I get a chance to ask him questions all the time. So John, you got one? I was mute. John, still I there. was muted. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, me with me being. And in and in ministry, it's uh, my question is to you: Is how do you balance your family and ministry? How do you how do you balance that out? It's um, that's just a very big question. I'll try to ask. It's a common question, and I struggled with that early in my ministry. Uh, if my wife was on here, she'd tell you we struggled with that of it until I became an assistant pastor under Dr. Rodney Agin. And I'll never forget, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't on, I wasn't uh, on staff long. And, you know, you, you enjoy where you're at and you enjoy the man of God you're working for, but I'll never forget that time that he called me to his office and he didn't just call me, he called me and my wife. And he said, look, I, I got to talk to y'all for a second. He said, he said, y'all are going about this all wrong. And I said, what do you mean? Because I was the type of person that I spent all my time at the church. I did everything at the church. I mean, that from sunup to sundown, I was at the church trying to do whatever can, you know, whatever needed to be done, I was doing it. He said, look, you, you're forgetting, you're neglecting your family. You're ne neglecting your wife. You're neglecting your child because Brandon was, was born at, uh, in Carrollton. And so he said, you're not, he said, this is this should be your priority: God, family, church, and then anything else after that. And that's how I base my life. Really, it's like it's God. God my wife knows God's going to come first. God's always going to be number one, and then I, I in there, and then church. You know, everybody gets it backwards, but truly, you know, it, it's not easy. It, you work at it, John. I mean, I've been working at it for twenty five years. So it's, it's, it's just something you've got to know and, and realize that, hey, this is going to be my priority. God's going to come first, my family, church, and then anything after that. That's how I, that's how I base my life. 
Not everybody probably agrees with that. And that's fine. I, whatever. That's that's great. But that's how it's worked for me. And that's where I and it and it helped me. I think the nine and a half years I spent in Carrollton uh, at North Point helped me more than anything because it, it taught me as an individual. But brother, but Dr. Agan showed me what it meant to, to develop a relationship with God. And not only do you develop that relationship with God, you transition into your home and into your family as well. I hope that answers I appreciate it. Hey, uh, Brandon. Yeah. Um, didn't we, while we were on last week, that we had talked about we were going to answer tonight? Yes. And, and, and um, you can edit this out if you want, but might as well, you know, go ahead and read it and see if we can. Right, and uh, his question, the guys, um, it, it was for Brother Cody, and but also the panel as well, and he said, uh, in, I, I'm glad you addressed this joke because I forgot about it, and Jude 3 tells us to contend for the faith. In what ways, maybe off the top of your head, should us as Christians contend? And he says, I believe each person contends multiple ways, but what are some that comes to mind? Well, Talking about continuing for the faith. Um, I don't know because I was I was looking when I was flipping my Bible. I was looking through Jude. Um, there is. I'm trying to find the verse because I don't I don't know if he typed Jude three on accident, but let's see here. It says, Jude, verse 3, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Well, I think the first thing, you know, oh, my, my notebook just fell. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, uh, <laughs> but, um. I think the first thing we need to, well, I can't get this thing to stay, y'all. There we go. Uh, what, what would y'all say the word contend means? I ain't got a clue. <laughs> Does anybody have a uh, – Drew, go ahead. I think for me, if I'm going to contend, and I think contend for the faith, um, it kind of – I could be wrong on this but I think towards the mark, which Paul talks about pushing towards the mark of the higher calling and contending, like you want to contend when you play a sport, like yeah, you, want to, right, you want to get right. better at it. I think if you're going to contend for the faith, a lot of times we get so caught up in trying to help other people. Um, I recently learned this, and I wrote this down. It's hard for me to have a Christ-centered relationship with someone else if my life relationship with myself is not Christ-centered. Amen. And so before I can contend with the faith, and helping other people, I have to make sure that, like uh, Brother Kurt said earlier, that my, my relationship with him is where it needs to be. Because before I can even contend and think about growing more, I've got to make sure my foundational relationship right. with him is where it Yeah. Is. Right. And, you know, I was um, I was thinking, and, you know, I, I was, man, I, I was thinking, and obviously, you know, we want to contend for the faith by going to reach the world and, uh, you know, each people preach the gospel, see people saved, you know, see lives change, see 
the, the part, a lot of the, you know, or I'd say, I'd say a big part in contending for Christ would also be encouraging the saints of God. Um, because, you know, uh, I can't think of the verse off the top of my head, but I heard a story one time, you know, of, of a mama that prayed for, for years and years and years and like 20 years. And, you know, he was, he was out in the world wicked and, um, you know, he comes back to God and gets saved in a tent meeting and, you know, uh, and everybody's, you know, praising and we praising the sinner that got saved and we should, but at the same time, we also need to, you know, congratulate the saint that stuck by it for so long. I, I really believe that part of contending for the faith would, you know, would be encouraging the saints of God, you know, um, like those, like the older generation at church that's still keeping on, keeping on. We as young people need to be encouraging them. You know, we need to be encouraging each other. Something that, you know, we definitely is attacking and pointing our guns at one another when in reality we're all on the same team, you know. So during this coronavirus, it's it's been like crazy. Preachers are pointing their guns at other preachers, saying, "Well, you closed your doors or you left your doors open." Man, that ain't what we need to be doing. I believe that contend would say, "I don't know what you know what God led you to do, but I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you." Right. You know, brother, I, I I'm here for you. Let me know if you need me. So I believe that a big part, as Drew said, you know, would make it making sure. But I'd say encouraging other saints would be a way that we can contend. And, you know, I may be wrong because I really, I wish I had my Strong's Concordance with me right now. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. So we're all, are we on target, Drew? It means to struggle for. And yeah. you kind of saying the, um, the example of that lady, there had to be times in that 20 years where she had to, she had to say, God, where are you at? And I think I think part of contending for the faith is not giving up on God despite um, despite challenging circumstances. Because here's the deal: as a Christian, you automatically have a target on your back, um, whether you're a new Christian, whether you're a preacher, no matter what you are. And so that means that you're always going to have things coming at you, and it's finding ways to contend even in bad circumstances. Finding ways to contend even when it's not easy, and being able to pray even when it feels like you can't pray. Um, to struggle for that's what the word contend means there yeah because you know when now that i think about it and i'm pick drew i'm piggybacking off you again you know when we were playing sports and we'd be getting whooped you know our coach come into the huddle and say guys are we even going to contend with them you know we would be down we would be in the hole fighting back to get on top so i believe that you know and i hope we i hope we're answering this question but has anybody else got any input Preacher, do you have any input? Can I say something? Yeah, sure. I think maybe y'all, I don't know if y'all have gotten this far in Bible I know when I was in college, what Brown always told us, he said, always read the first five verses ahead of it. Always read the first five verses after it. If you read this whole chapter, you're going to find that here is, uh, there's a warning against false teachers, but then there's also defending the truth. And I think you're going to find, I think what this whole verse is basically, you know, it's reminding us to not drift away. 
Yeah. Because it's real time like we're experiencing right now that we could drift away and not be stay committed yeah. to the things of Christ and what Christ wants out of us. And so when you're looking at this and it, you know, and it says it says there in verse three, you know, contempt for the faith which which was once delivered unto the saints. Saints. What was given unto the saints? The truth. The right way. The scriptures of God or the, the text of God. And so I think what we need to be reminded is this, is that this has lasted for over 2,000 years. Amen. They tried to burn it. They tried to destroy it. They tried to take it out of schools, but it's still in schools, whether you believe it or not. That they're trying to take it away from us, and and I, it may happen, but I think Christ will come back before then. But we have to defend the truth. We have to defend what we know is right, Amen. and hold to that, and don't sway, don't waver, but contend for that, and and, and keep going on because it is what's right. Amen. Anybody else? I think I think the man of God kind of just hit it on the head, and you know. Yeah, I think I think he answered that question. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, I, I do but uh, I, I do want to say, Brandon, I do want to thank the brother for yes. asking the question. Yeah, I do want because, and if you're watching the podcast tonight, you've got some questions, and you want to ask some more. That's what we want questions. y'all to do. We hey, want hey. y'all to we want y'all to ask questions, and we want to answer them the best we can, and use our guests. To put to give their input also, yeah. but uh, I I do have a question for you. I know I've I've lived with you for almost twenty one years, and you were my pastor also. But um, you know you've you've seen some things in ministry. You've gone through some things. What would you say to your younger self that's just a full time ministry? What would you say to him? And do you have any regrets along the way? A young guy going into the ministry full-time ministry. They don't teach you this in college. I wish they taught me this in college. When you go on full-time ministry, you're you're considered self-employed. What that means is you're responsible for all your taxes. <laughs> so I encourage you, get a good account. Help find somebody that can help you because the church ain't going to do that for you. Unless you land someone. Thankful I was I was at a place that, that helped me with that. Uh, but when I went into pastoring, uh, this wasn't so, wasn't so lucky there. And so I encourage you guys that when you go into full-time ministry, make sure you, you're doing, you know, the, the, the scriptures very well. You know, we got to make sure we're doing our part as well. And so make sure you're, you're setting yourself up right. Um, because I had to learn the hard way. And I wouldn't want you guys to have to find that out the hard way. So I'm telling you now, when you go into full-time ministry, make sure you're doing the right things and you've got things lined up. And, you know, because you, there is a thing called law where you have to pay taxes. You got to put, you got to pay those taxes. You got to have the money to do that because if you're not taking out enough, then you're going to owe Uncle Sam a, a whole lot of money. And I know this might not be spiritual, but I'm just trying to help you because I've learned from my mine as well, you know, make sure you do the right thing. and and know you're doing right so you're not 
because it can be good. Because it can become a burden. And it can steal you away from the ministry if you're not doing it the right way. And, and so I'd encourage you, make sure you got those things lined up. As far as regrets, I don't I don't have any regrets. I, I, I'm trying to remember the illustration I heard a long time ago, but of the missionary, uh, maybe it's, it's in my other Bible I haven't written down. I don't have any regrets at all as to what has gone on in my life through the ministry. Because uh, here, here's the bottom line. Um, God called me to preach. If God hadn't called me to preach and God hadn't called me to Bible college, I wouldn't have met my wife, my godly wife. And I, if I hadn't have met my godly wife, he wouldn't have blessed me with two, two good boys that one's in Bible college and the other one we're still praying for. Can I get an amen right there? But uh, God wouldn't have had allowed me to go on a journey where I crossed different paths. Let me tell you something right now. I can probably count past God's allowed me to cross paths with that are now either serving God in the ministry or involved in a church somewhere because of the kind in Amy's life and how God used us to be an impact in other people's lives. So. As far as regrets, I don't have any regrets. I think if there's one thing that I probably would have done differently, it was I would probably have probably I probably would have I probably would have thought long and hard on where God may have been sending me, if that makes sense. I probably would have prayed a little bit harder. I probably, you know, not it's, Lord, you get me psyched, and I don't, want, I don't want to get sidetracked. But uh, no regrets, honest fellows, no regrets. Uh, where I am right now, do I understand? No. Do I feel like that I'm out of God's will? No. I was struggling with this. So let me help you guys out with something. And I tell my boy this the time. Um, it's good that you, you have a desire to be in the ministry, and you have a desire to do what God has called you to do. There's nothing wrong with that, but always have something, a tool, a trade. You, Brother Drew, I think it was you, or not Drew, uh, Joe, you were talking last episode how you uh, was going to school aviation. I'd encourage you guys to have something, uh, a second trade or something that you can have that can excel you, excel you to go along because I, I I, I, I had no problem getting a job, and I didn't mind working a job, but my my goal in full-time ministry, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be a part of, and God allowed me to do that for a long time. But when God takes you out of full-time ministry, what do you fall back on? And so I had to learn all this all over again. Because at, when, at my age, when I, when I came out of full-time ministry, not a whole lot of people are looking to hire a 40-year-old man and put him on a job force. And so I had to learn this whole thing. And so if there was any regrets, I wish there was something I had to fall back on, you know, a, a trade or something like that. Uh, but I'm thankful for the things that God put in my life because know this, fellas, everything that I have, God's given to me. 
The job I have right now, God's given to me. Am I sad that I'm not in full-time ministry? No. Because my pastor helped me with this thought, and that is this. You don't have to be in full-time ministry to be a minister unto God. Where that is your ministry. Where God has you right now, that is your ministry. Treat it as your ministry, Treat it as your church. Treat it as your bus route. Treat it as your Sunday school. Whatever it is, wherever God has you, treat it as that aspect. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm loving life. I'm living the dream. I'm thanking God for where he's put me and my family because I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm thankful for that. So, so that's all. That answer your question there, buddy? Yeah. Good. Uh, anybody else ask or anything? Well, I'll tell you what. It's it's. I, I've enjoyed this episode a lot uh, between answering other people's questions. Uh, I'm, before we go into further, I'm going to ask uh, John, if you will, to close yeah. the prayer. And then uh, we'll close it out. And we'll, Joe, we'll do we announce next week's guest? Go ahead and get it out there. Go ahead, bro. You, I'll let you. We'll do it. We'll do it after right. we pray. Hey, before you pray, let me say this: any of you guys put a message together on Colossians chapter one through four, you make sure you send it. Amen. How about and if, John, and if, and if you it, get one together, you send it to us and let us preach it too. Yeah, he Amen. Does. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> John, go ahead and close and pray. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you, God. I thank you for, uh, Lord, this talk, God. And I'm thankful that we can come together, God. Though we're not meeting together, Lord, physically, Lord, but, Lord, but, Lord, I'm thankful for our technology, God, that we can come together and still up and still lift your name up, God. And God, I pray, um, God, that we would take uh, what this man of God. God and, uh, has encouraged us tonight, Lord. I pray that we would take it and apply it to our lives, God. And God, I pray one out there, Lord, that is watching these videos, God, and, and for the first time, God, they're hearing about this about this Jesus, Lord, that we're talking about. Yeah. God, I pray, God, that they would. Yes. Lord. If they don't know who you are, Lord, I pray, God, uh, Lord, they would they would know you by the end of this night, Lord. I pray. Jesus, and you would save them, Lord, for it's everlasting too late, God. God, I pray that you'll bless us, Lord. Um, Lord, keep us safe and bring us back uh, next week, God, for another uh, episode of this Preacher Talk, Lord. And I give you praise and give you glory for everything that you're doing um, with this podcast, Lord. And uh, I pray that you'll use it, God. And um, God, I love you. And I thank you. And you name my prayer. Amen. 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 Thank you, John. Well, we want to say a, a huge thank you on behalf of everybody here at Preacher uh, my dad for joining us tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's been a blessing to have him on. Thank you for having me. To, to those of you out there watching, we want to say thank you to you also. Yeah. Uh, we had a tremendous first month of podcast. Sure. Uh, people tuning in from everywhere. Uh, I've got messages, some of the messages of how it's, it's helped you guys and encouraged us. We thank you, and, and we, we don't plan on stopping anytime Brandon, soon. go ahead and, uh, uh, go we, ahead and we, announce next week's guest. Sorry, I won't try to cut you off, but I didn't want you to just, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Uh, Joe's, Joe's my sidekick here. Joe, Joe keeps me from, I really, so Joe's trying to keep me in check here. Yeah. But uh, 
next next week's guest, and we'll announce next week only, is Nathaniel Hobbs from uh, Belmont Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, he's a new pastor. He's he's closer to our age, and uh, he he's doing a tremendous job up there in Burlington. And uh, we promise you won't want to miss that. I've been keeping in touch with him this week, and uh, we got some great things in store. So, brother Nathaniel, next week. But uh, and then we'll 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 announce the rest of it. Hey, later brother Brandon, I think but, uh, I think it'd be all right if we just went ahead and announced the next two, and then just just you know. Well, okay, so right. we got brother Nathaniel Hobbs next week, which we're all excited for. Yep. Um, you know, I'm actually mm-hmm. pretty good friends with brother Nathaniel, and uh, Dad is actually brother Randy Hobbs is one of my heroes, and is actually my uh my girlfriend's pastor so um love natty look gotta love natty hobbs and uh but then the next week is actually um i'm ex- i'm really excited for uh i'm ex- it, don't get me wrong i'm excited for every week but the week after that is actually john jenkins jr which is my pastor's son and um john is he's a younger he's a younger guy and um, he's actually an assistant pastor in uh, Michigan. And, you know, we haven't had an pastor on the on the podcast yet, other than, you know, uh, Brother Kirch tonight, where he said he did serve as an assistant pastor. But we, he, he is, and we're excited about that. But then uh, we're excited for the next, next week, Hot Sherrod. Uh, pastor of Down East Baptist Church in uh, Pine Tops, North Carolina. If you ask where Pine Tops is, uh, this this is how Brother Scott will tell you. You go past yonder, go past yonder one more time, it's down there on the right. And uh, that's where Pine Tops is. But uh, Brother Scott has, he's up from the, uh, you know, the Elkin area, North Carolina. And um, he actually moved down to Pine Tops to start a church and um, cool story of how God is blessing that ministry and uh, blessing his church and um, looking forward to having him on here. So uh, brother Brandon, I then, you know, then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take a break after that. Well, we actually won't take a break, but we won't let y'all in on that spoiler yet. So, um, there we go, Brandon. No more spoilers, man. Yeah, no more spoilers. We're good. Um, for those of you tuning in, uh, I, I want to say a thank you personally to these guys that are on with me on the panel for being for being faithful and for sticking with it. Those of you watching have no clue what's going on behind the scenes every week to prepare for this and all the stuff that goes into this. And and I, I we couldn't do it without everyone that's on. That's on this podcast. And so I, I want to say thank you to you guys that are on with me. Uh, and we want to say it in Kurtz because he is the technological master behind all this. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't know how to operate my phone if it wasn't for him. Exactly. I wouldn't get on a Zoom call if it weren't for Brother Brandon. I mean, so. the guy the guy had an iPad <laughs> in his hand, the MacBook sitting beside him, and the phone sitting on the stand. I mean, it speaks for itself. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But, uh, That's right. But but thank you guys. I I, I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. And, and thank you to my dad for being on with us tonight. Uh, y'all 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 don't know how much how much he means to me, and uh, how encouraging it is to to see 
where God's brought him from and everything he's brought him through to where, to where we are now, where my family is now. And so, uh, so thank you, Dad, for coming on. And for those of you watching, we thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, we, we hope this isn't the last. And we it probably you, will be. It probably will be after the night. Uh, but we, we love y'all. Uh, we we couldn't do this without y'all. And uh, but but thank you for tuning in, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll see you we'll see you next week. And uh, enjoy the night with your family. God bless. Appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Pray for you as well.